Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we're back on the next gen now on the road to Picard. Yeah, back where we should be really with Picard. Yeah, we've we've covered seven a bit, and yeah, I think we've done a justice because, like we say, yeah. we think she's going to be pivotal. But now we're back to the man himself, Jean-Luc Picard. Um, we're going to sort of pick up looking. We've done the Borg next gen episodes. We're going to go back look at some of the Q episodes as yeah, well as some of the like, the other Picard. Ones. We have nothing that says. Q's going to be in Picard but I think it'd be a nice touch it would be and like even if it's not a lot but just to have John the Lacey because we see that he's a bit subdued on his farm we imagining yeah and down in dumps if John the Lacey as Q goes and visits and gives him a bit of kick up the ass. yeah I, it wouldn't surprise me at all I saw today someone on the internet's done some it's just fan artwork it's nothing official but They've taken the uh, Picard Admiral uniform that was debuted at Destination Trek and they, they've drawn Q in an Admiral. Yeah. The new Admiral uniform, so that'll be pretty cool. And I, it, I mean, it seems to be something that the fandom wants to see, so yeah. it'd be very nice if we did get it in. Yeah, like, I've got. Like, we know we've got Seven of Nine, we know we've got Data, we know we've got Riker, yeah. we know we've got Troy, obviously Picard, we've got Hugh. I think it and it does seem like they're doing a little bit of uh, bowing to fans and all oh, that yeah, and yeah. doing fan service. So look, a few <laughs> little cameos. I have no problem with as long as they're not. I mean, Q. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get him this season. But at, at some point in this story, I think we've got a yeah. He's been such a big sort of part of Picard's life. Yeah, it'd be a shame if we don't ever see him again. But. Anyway, we're looking at Deja Q this time, which was Q's fourth appearance, his first appearance in season three, and his first appearance since uh, he introduced the Borg. And um, more of a light-hearted episode this one than, yes. than the Borg one, but it's I I really enjoy this episode. So let, let's have a look at the story of it. So. <clears throat> We start with the Enterprise trying to avert a disaster, basically. Yeah, we've got random alien of the week going to yeah. be wiped out by random disaster of the week. Yeah. And the Enterprise is... is there to save it. And, and like, this is going to wipe out a planet or put it into an ice age. Yeah, and, yeah. But it's just a very... It's a side note in the episode. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> not, not the main <laughs> thrust of it. It's... Um, this is one of them ones... If Q hadn't turned up, we want you won't get this episode. This would be one of the missions that we don't see. Yeah. You know, they probably do this every week kind of thing that we, we don't get yeah. to see. But, yeah. So, by the end of the teaser of the episode, Q appears on the bridge naked with a conveniently placed Picard covering the... Yeah, covering... <coughs> covering the more sensitive areas. And... Um, he tells us that he's now powerless. The Q have booted him out after the way he carried on in the last time we yeah. saw him. It's taken him a while, I suppose, really. Yeah. About well, a year. I'm not sure if it was just for how he how he carried <coughs> on, though, the last time. I've, like, no. You get the impression that he's going around causing trouble everywhere. Yeah, he's a bit of a renegade yeah. Q. He likes um, to have a laugh. Yeah, and it, they won at lads. I mean, there's a lot of uh, the books and stuff deal with Q and the things that he gets up yeah. to. Like there's a um, 
a New Frontier novel where there's these two big aliens in it, like big space-faring aliens, and they cause all sorts of trouble for the crew of the Excalibur, and then at the end of the episode, you get a, at the end of the book, rather, you get a scene and it's Q teaching his son to fish, and they've been fishing for these space creatures, <laughs> and that's what's caused all the, the assholes. So that, that seems like the sort of thing that he'd get up to. And then... It's quite a good Data episode, this, really. So we get Data gets assigned to Q. And you get sort of a bond forming between them two throughout the episode. And a, a weird cloud sort of life form appears. And we find out this is the Calamarain who are not happy with Q at all. Yeah, he's <laughs> someone else that is not upset. Someone else is upset. <laughs> I, whenever I hear the Calamarain, though, I always think of Alamarain, Count 2-4... Right, I always think of calamari. Calamari, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Is it red dwarf, isn't it, where they go on about? Oh, it's the despair squid, isn't it, where they, yeah. they zap it and they say there's enough fried calamari out well, there. Well, it's the calam... What are they called in Star Wars? Because General Akbar's one. Oh, the Mon, Mon Calamari. Yeah, Mon Calamari. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, later in the episode, then, Data... Steps in the way when Q is in danger. He saves Q. And this sort of spurs Q on a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of like, why did you do that? And Yeah, he can't wrap his head round why... Why someone would try saving? Why would someone do something selfless? Because <laughs> he's so used to being... Re- he admits to being selfish in this yeah. episode. And his way of justifying it's interesting. So he's like, well, I'm omnipotent, so of course you're going to be selfish when... <laughs> When you can do anything... Yeah, I you, can do anything I want. I, you're going to have a high opinion of yourself yeah. <laughs> when you're a god, basically. And Yeah, fair point. And this leads to Q being the latest person to steal a shuttle in Star Trek. I know, this happens a lot, the stealing shuttles. It does in... Across all the series, the... Yeah, shuttles are very uh, lacking in security. Yeah. Like, probably even a car key would help. Yeah, yeah, just a key on the door, or um, put a clamp on the, well, they're in wheels, put a clamp on the nacelle yeah. or something. But yeah, Q manages to steal the shuttle, and he's doing it, really, to save the, the crew, which is yeah, he's doing quite a, a turn up for Yeah, him. he does a selfless act. <clears throat> and that prompts this other Q to turn up. I think, generally, he's referred to as Q2. So we'll, we'll call him Q2 okay, for we'll the sake of this episode. Yeah, just so we know who we're talking about. And he turns up and he commends Q on his selfless act, gives him his powers back, and Q leaves with a parting gift, give, giving Data a laugh, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and we also find out that he saves the planet. Yeah. So. So it's. I think it's a good story. This one. I think. I, it works. I, I like this. I like this episode. I think it's got some really good funny parts in it. Yeah, I think it's really well paced. It doesn't drag or anything. No. It clips along at a good rate, and it is sort of a side of Q that we've not seen. He, he's not really the antagonist in this episode. No, it's not. It's, he's he, he's very much the victim in this episode. Yeah. He's very much the victim, and no one believes that he's the victim. Yeah, that's true. They're used to his tricks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the big things with Picard, you know, looking at the characters. we got Picard really berates Q a lot in this episode. And even towards the end of the episode, he's still saying, I'm yeah. not convinced this in some sort of trick that yeah. you're playing on us. 
he, he really doesn't want to believe that um, Q is actually powerless and he's there for the reasons he says he's there and it's it's almost in a way sort of a follow up to in Q Who Q saying I want to be part of your crew and everything and yeah. we, we kind of get that in this episode yeah, yeah it does help and yeah, like, it, it comes out with quite an interesting one because it's a huge asteroid is the disaster of the week that's going to hit this planet yeah and, it, and it, like they've got the problem how do you stop it and it just goes well just change its <laughs> gravitational constant yeah, well, it says change the gravitational constant of the universe of the universe and not the asteroid and like what <laughs> yeah uh, but this prob- this takes us back to Kess with going beyond the subatomic yeah, it does. is that what he's doing is it this way you just seem beyond the subatomic that's how you can alter things yeah yeah and this. it does make you wonder how often Q has done things like that that we've we've not been aware of yeah. and you know a lot of the anomalies and things that we we've run into over the years yeah, could how, be how many sort of side effects of him doing uh, yeah, you doing stupid if, things if he can just do something like change the gravitational <laughs> constant of the universe yeah. in a second it, it does make you wonder what yeah, else yeah just how powerful are they? it might have put in motion and yeah there's um there's another series of books. Uh, I think that I think they're just called the Q Continuum Trilogy by Greg Cox, and um, they're set. It's set after generations before first contact, and they really get into like the backstory of the Q. But Greg Cox is a great author for drawing in different parts of the continuity, and he does that a lot in that episode. Like you. I think the Nexus in Generations was a splinter from a sword that Q used to attack another <laughs> right. being or something. And he brings in a lot of um, sort of the super powerful beings that we've seen. Uh, like the the one out of And the Children Shall Lead, he brings that uh, one yeah, in. The Angel. Yeah. The Green Angel. Like. And it, yeah, him. He's in it. And um, the the god from Star Trek V is explained in that. Right. He's the one... How? Of, well, it's, an, it's another being, and Q decapitated him using the sword which splintered off into the Nexus, and they trapped his head in the centre of the galaxy, uh, and they put up the Great Barrier to keep him in because he was really dangerous. But then they also explain um, the Galactic Barrier from where no man has gone before. Yeah. They say that that's keeping something else out. That's another enemy of the Q. And when it possessed, when Gary Mitchell gets his powers, that was it trying to break, break into through. our galaxy, kind of thing. So they're not obviously being Star Trek novels. They're not canonical at all. Yeah, but they're a really good read and really interesting. All the oh. the things he he draws in in it. Um. Anyway, back to this episode though. Uh, we get a lot of data stuff in this one, and as we know, data's or oh, Brent Spiner's certainly going to be in Picard. Yeah, it looks like data's going to be in Picard to some well, degree. We're not. We're, well, we're quite sure it can't be actually data because we've seen him blow up. Yeah. So yeah. we've got either B four, we've got either B four or law or or a holodeck program or, or a, dre- a dream well, or well, there's one of the parts in the trailer in the opening the dr- the draw that looks like yeah, I think that's. I think that's probably law. Yeah. But maybe the data that we see is either a dream that Picard's having or a holodeck simulation. Yeah. Or anyway, we'll find out pretty soon. But um, 
yeah, so we get a fair bit of data, like, he's the the first one who considers that Q might actually be telling the truth, and he even says that to him, like, I'm, you know, I'm calculating the possibility yeah. that you're telling the truth or what have you, and it's this thing that we've, we've talked about a lot with data, because we know he doesn't have emotions, but... He does have a personality. He, and he, he has a personality. And he can it, understand other people's emotions. Yeah. So. And he, he does show human characteristics. Like the, giving someone the benefit of the doubt yeah. is a very human thing. And perhaps it's in a way because of Data's nature. He, he can overlook things that other people will find hard. Because it's, it's stated several times in this episode by numerous members of the crew. Like you've caused us so much hassle in the yeah. past. We're not gonna trust you. Kind I do of like thing. how Guinan decides that he's human. Yes, and yeah. uh, gets a fork and stabs him. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it again. We get all this great stuff with Guinan and Q. That yeah, I think this it's, is probably the last time, really. Yeah, I want to say this is the last time we see these two together. Yeah, it's one of those things. I'm sure there's books out there that explain the way it. Be, yeah, but it's one of those things that's never actually been explained on screen. Yeah. Why Guinan is so much against yeah, Q, and, and, and why Q is sort of like almost scared of him in yeah, a way. It's like, like he hasn't I mean, got power over them all. And in this one, he says like, you know, this isn't a confrontation I've been looking forward to. And it is. We find out over the course of the episode that Q's asked to be made human and asked to be sent here. Yeah, but it's obviously something he considered. Is if I go there, Guinan's going to be there, and yeah, but he knew, knew that Picard will. If he goes as human, whatever's happened in the past, Picard will protect him. Oh yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the the big thing you, in terms of their relationship in this episode is that Q says, you know, you're the closest thing I've got to a friend, yeah. which in a way it's quite touching, in a way it's quite sad yeah. for Q. You know, I suppose Q probably doesn't need friends. It's probably not something he's ever really yeah. considered before. Yeah, but, well, the loneliness of the Q continuum is actually looked at quite a bit in Voyager. Yeah, it is. It? That it's quite a lonely place. And well, you certainly get that impression here. And maybe that's, to an extent, why Q sort of acts up as much as he does. If he's lonely, that maybe yeah. that's why he's always interfering with other yeah. races and things. And he clearly does have a bond with Picard. And this, this is probably... A turning point, really, where he goes from being an antagonist to Picard to being sort of almost a grudging... It's almost like a playful rivalry yeah. from, from this point onwards, really. And, you know, that's quite good seeing that. I'm not sure whether Picard feels the same way. <laughs> no, but it's definitely <laughs> how Q sees it. Yeah, he does. He, he sees... It's actually brought up in um, George's biography of Picard, the true one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Picard invites him to his wedding. Yeah. And he invites him as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and Which you can see Picard doing yeah. that. And and in that book as well, uh, Q brings Data back. Yeah, that, it? Which, yeah, it's a wedding present, he brings Data which, back. Which is a bit of a cop-out, I thought. But looking back at this episode, you're like, actually, I could see yeah, why he might do that. I could see that. why he might do that. Because he does feel some sort of affection for Data. And... And it'd also fit into the Picard series if the Digimon's these bits. Well, 
there we are, we've got data back. Oh, can you imagine, though, what the fan uproar would be like if they did that on the TV show? I think, oh, I think people would go crazy over that. They'd hate it. Uh, I quite like them. The David Goodman autobiographies. Are they're the, great. They're yeah. great. The next one, they're doing a Janeway one. Yeah. Um, next, they seem to have skipped Cisco. No, I'd like to see a Cisco one, I think. I'd like to see, maybe though, you know, because obviously it's the captains who write these books, so maybe Cisco didn't write one before he ascended. Right, we're waiting for him coming back. Yeah, but then he could come back in the past and yeah. write it. Yeah. So, or maybe Jake could write it. Yeah, Jake was Jake, a writer. Jake's a writer, so... Yeah, he could go straight for him. Yeah, pocket books or whatever it is need to get on to yeah. Jake Sisko again to do it. But, yeah, so it's... it's Janeway's the next one, and then we'll see where they go from there if we if we eventually get a Sisko. It's a shame that DS9 doesn't seem to get the mainstream love that... I don't know why it doesn't, because it's... I it is, it is absolutely amazing, it's DS9. It is, and, you know, it, it's getting a bit more now, like, a lot of people are discovering it on Netflix, and yeah, it's the and it's recent Yeah, and it's the one that streams better than any of the others. Yeah, definitely, yeah, for a, a modern audience who yeah. like binge-watching, it's, it's definitely the, the most one. suitable yeah. for that. Um... Yeah, so back to Q then. So Data kind of develops this bond with him, but it gets to the stage where uh, Data sort of defends him and says, you know, maybe it wasn't his fault or whatever, but he's doing it from a logical perspective, and it's this thing again that there's no... no prejudices with Data, so he can see past it. Yeah, he doesn't have... He's not sort of caught up by what Q's done in the past. He's well in this situation. So, yeah, I can see that, and he he does save him when he's in electrical surge. Yeah, it's what like happens. well, they're using some sort of electricity to phase him out to pull him out of the That's ship. That's it. Yeah, and it data is selflessly saves him, and you imagine data would do that for anybody. Yeah. You see, that's just yeah I think Data would do that for anyone who Data anyone. is but Picard might probably wouldn't have jumped in front of yeah. it like you or Geordi or whoever else so it it's always tricky with Data because you want to ascribe these character traits but because he's an android it's it's difficult because it, it, it is his programming but despite the fact that it is programming he's still a good person you yeah. know uh, you know, comparing with Law, and it's clear that Data's a good guy despite all yeah. this. There's, even though he, his whole thing is that he's searching his quest for humanity, but he is very, very human. Yeah, despite he, yeah, all he that. is. He's... And then Q himself. Then I like that sort of he can't understand why they're not putting him in charge of everything yeah. straight away. It's like. <laughs> You're gonna man this scanner and tell us what the the energy readings are, and, and he's just—you can tell he's yeah, really he's bored. Yeah, he's got an IQ of two thousand and whatever, fifteen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and it—it kind of goes back to again in Q Who, where he said, "Well, coming at the rank of admiral or whatever." <laughs> yeah, and there's there's still a bit of that, even though he has been made human, he's still got a bit of that arrogance. Yeah, he has his arrogance. He's and you're not going to take that away from him because that's obviously no, part of his character. But the the fact is though that it's not 
too, he does do it, even though it's too meaningful yeah. for him. He, he still does do it. So you do see that elements of it are rubbing off on him. Yeah. And there is some humility coming onto it. And that's particularly sort of evident, I think, at, at the end where he says, you know, I wouldn't make a good human. He he realises that he does have these faults and that he's, he's in a lot of ways he's not as good as humans are. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, is that why he's so fascinated with humanity? Because he sees something in them. You know, it's sort of... Yeah, it's, well, it's, it does say at times, like, he sees some... Go, how they ought to develop in the future. Yeah, yeah. But he obviously sees something else of in them. Yeah, it's almost... Is he envious of something? Yeah. And, um... Ultimately, or is it something that the Q have lost by being omnipotent for so yeah, long? Yeah, it could well be. It's something... Yeah, maybe he's quite a forward thinker in that way yeah. that he realises that something's gone by the wayside, yeah. And he does get to the stage where he is willing to die, ostensibly to save the crew, but Q sort of waves it away a little bit, saying, you know, no, it's because I'm going to be bored, you know, yeah. like this, and it's not... But no, he does it to save the crew. He does, yeah, and it's you know I want to end this miserable existence and all of yeah. this, but the, yeah, it it's not. It is a selfless act, yeah. and you know. The but Q two has to actually make him say that. Yeah, yeah, he calls him out on it, and yeah. he does get him to fess up, and he's, yeah, Q's not the kind of guy who would kill himself. You know, he's yeah. He, it sounds weird, but he, he's sort of too arrogant for that, really. You know, <laughs> I think Q would see a universe without him in it as being, being less, being far less than <laughs> what it is. So yeah, and then we we also have in this episode we have some great comedy exchanges between Worf and Q. Oh yeah, Worf and Q are and brilliant. Like Q starts it straight away. Oh, hi, Microbrain. Eating any good books yeah, lately? Eating any good books. That's a good one. Yeah, and when he says, um, what do I have to do to convince you? Walter says, die. <laughs> yeah, there's some brilliant stuff. And where it's all, go put Q in the brig and Walter says, with pleasure. Sure. Are you walking or shall I carry you? Yeah, Walter clearly enjoying it <laughs> yeah. very, very much. Which is good. She don't often see Worf that happy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, he's obviously having a good time in this episode as well. Yeah, <laughs> and um, Q uh, at the end, like he does show gratitude to the crew. You know, he turns up with his Marachi band and everything, <laughs> but but in his own way, that is him trying to be nice and say thank. He gives them the big cigars and everything. Yeah. <laughs> And that's no, you wouldn't get that now on telly. You were, uh, even as a joke, I'd be surprised if you put cigars in people's hands. Well, I've been watching recently. I'm trying to think. I've been watching something recently, and the on-screen smoking. And I was was it Stranger Things? They did. They got Netflix got they, a bit of flat. Yeah, they for did it. it in Strange Things. I think they've done it in uh, Watchmen as well. Ah, uh, Watchmen. It won't surprise me. Yeah, and it's one of these things, and it's. But seeing it on screen, sort of, whoa! Yeah, it's just, really weird it's, now. Whoa! And, yeah, these big, <laughs> big stogies that he gives them is really, really interesting. But, yeah, you just, it always, 
sort of brings me out of it a little bit. She like it, it just you would not get it. Yeah, you it's don't. really yeah. weird. And obviously has this bit where he shows gratitude to Data, and Data sort of preempts him and said, "If you're gonna turn me into a human, he's like, oh, I won't wish that on you." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, that it is sort of a, a mercy thing with you. I think he does think, no, it'd be awful to turn you into a human, but. Maybe also that he realises, you know, Data doesn't want it handed to him in that way. Yeah, because it's nice that he lets him feel something. Yeah, oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's good that he, he makes him laugh and and it's good. I like how Brent Spiner acts it that, you know, as soon as it's finished, he's just back to normal yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really cute moment. It's really, really good. And then, so broader universe stuff, we find out, and it's been hinted at, but like it's explicitly stated here, Q's got superiors within the Q continuum. So they're not all omnipotent and at the same level. It's like Q's yeah, sort the, of the renegade one. Yeah, and the, rest, it, the rest of Q has voted you out. Yeah, he has to answer to somebody else, which is interesting. And as you said, we find out it can change the gravitational constant <laughs> of the universe just, <laughs> yeah. just on a whim, like... <laughs> Yeah, it, like you say, we do get a lot more of it in Voyager, but you wonder sort of what the status quo is in the Q continuum, like, and how do they feel about the rest of the universe? Like, do, Q obviously thinks you can do whatever you like and play with them, and yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah, but are the rest sort of hands off. Well, we see that silly civil war one, don't we, in Voyager? Oh yeah, that's not good. But where like the huge explosions going on in the galaxy. <laughs> But they're fighting in their... The yeah, and that's causing it. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. But I get the impression here that the rest of them are kind of... Leave the universe, the matter universe, or whatever they yeah. call it, alone. That's not our plane of existence. And Yeah. Whereas Q likes to get yeah, stuck in a lot there. more. Let's yeah. go play. And then... Other highlights, I mean, we've mentioned a lot of the things that I really liked about this one, but I like that at the end, the crew still are trying to save Q. Like, Picard sort of brushes it off like, well, it's a perfectly good shuttle, and that's why yeah. I'm trying to save it. But again, it's this thing of, no, it's because it's yeah, the right it's thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. Um, Which is why he went to, has to be human and go to the Enterprise. Yeah, of course Because he knows he's got enemies. He does. So, uh, and he knows that they'll look after him. Yeah, and he knows specifically Picard yeah. will be obliged to help him and wouldn't wouldn't let any innocent sort of suffer. It's, you know, it's a good thing he don't go to Deep Space Nine when we find out <laughs> how Cisco feels about him, but... Well, we uh, do we only get one Q episode on DS9? Only the one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cisco beat him up and that was it. Yeah, that was pretty much <laughs> it. And then, I like, he has, we mentioned, like, uh, Q's interactions with Worf but he has a good line to Riker where he, he makes the women appear but then he says oh you weren't like that before the beard <laughs> and I quite like that one that's almost feels like a bit of an in joke there and then the last thing I noticed in this episode is when the aliens thank them for uh, you know well they thank Picard for doing it but it was Q who actually saved them they make a gesture which is the Wakanda forever gesture you know they're crossing the hands over the chest oh so it was stolen there you go yeah Wakanda stole it from the whatever <laughs> these aliens are called 
cultural appropriation by yeah. the Wakandans. Random uh, endangered alien of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get quite a few of them. Um, anything else on this one that you want to cover? No, I think we've uh, pretty much covered it as we've gone through, haven't we? Yeah, it was a, a really it, good fun episode. It is a fun one. episode. It's, it's enjoyable to watch. Nicely paced. Funny. Don't take itself too seriously. No, that's the good thing about it. The, the, there's not any like, real stakes in it. Are we in season three here? Yeah. So, yeah, we've... And TNG generally in season three is getting to a stage where it's much more confident with yeah, it's, having it, a bit of fun yeah, with it's, itself. Yeah, it's not taking itself quite as seriously. Yeah, and that's it can be very, very good. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we can't do serious, because yeah. this season finishes with Best of Both Worlds, and you don't get much more intense than that. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's good that we can do this light-heartedness yeah. now. And that moves us on nicely to the next one, which will be Captain's Holiday. So Captain's Holiday then. This is the one where I've read that backstage Patrick Stewart apparently said I want more sex and shooting for the captain. <laughs> and that's where this episode came from. And as we're going to see, he gets both of those yeah, things in this one. So it starts off then. It starts off actually with a, the beginning of the teasers, not even on the Enterprise, which is, I don't know if it's the first time it's ever been done, but it's very rare that you you get a scene that not only you know we've had scenes that start off the Enterprise but none of the Enterprise crew or anyone yeah. are involved in this opening scene yeah and we get these aliens turning up they're on Ricer we know they're looking for Picard but then we go back to the the Enterprise and we find out Picard's been on a long diplomatic mission and yeah. basically the crew thinks he needs a bit of a break he needs a break he's tired and and we get some quite funny scenes with everybody. Yeah, like I, I, I do quite. I like how they persuade him to go on a break in the end when uh, they say that Troy's mother's going to come visit. Yeah, that's it. It's the threat of what's on a Troy that. That's that how you get. That's how you get Picard to take a break. Yes, yeah, so we've not looked at the Waxana episode yet, um, and you know they're uh, yeah they're a bit hit and miss. Some of them are great, and then some of them not quite yeah, so good, but. But she does have some good moments. Yeah, and her, mo- uh, her relationship with Picard's very funny. And to be fair, Michelle Barrett is probably in more episodes than everyone, anyone else. Oh, easily, yeah. Because she's, she's the, the computer com- voice. The computer voice, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. And she did that right the way through to Enterprise, I think. Well, she? she's also she also recorded before she died um, a lot of words and phonetic stuff. All oh, right. So that they can use her, get, right. they can keep using the voice, it's all down there. So they can still use it as a computer voice. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah, she's definitely, if we class the computer voice as an appearance, <laughs> which we should, then, yeah, she, she has been, and she's played, I don't know how many characters she... Um, number one. Number one, Nurse Chapel. Chapel. Loxana. Is that it? Uh, I I've got remember. a funny feeling she's appeared as someone else, but I can't think of it. She is. might well have done. And... Um, Again, in the the Peter David New Frontier novels, she appears as well. She um, there's a character brought into it that remember Robin Leffler, the one who uh, played by Ashley Judd, the one who's in the game with Wesley. She's sort of Wesley's yeah. love interest. Yeah, she becomes a crew member in New Frontier, and eventually they find her mother. And the way she's described is that it's basically Major Barrett. <laughs> 
and loads of people make references to her. Oh, you look like this doctor who yeah. I used to serve with. Or you look like so and so's mother. Right. And so it's it's clearly a nod to that. But um, so then that's how they get Picard to go on the holiday. He goes to Rice and he quickly bumps into the character we come to know as Vash. We find out there's something going on with this Ferengi who's Rom. Yeah. It's Max Grodenchik. And yeah, it's an early appearance of him. It is, and he, he's got the same sort of snaggle tooth that Rom's yeah. got. So I wonder if they use the same cast of his Possibly. teeth when they, they first cast him on DS9. But he's a very different character to Rom. Uh, there's also these time travellers involved in the mix, so there's all kinds of yeah, things going on. Yeah, there's all sorts going on. But ultimately, Vash and Picard team up, and they're after an item called the Toxutat, which can apparently destroy, can cause supernovas and yeah, destroy stars. Yeah, it's from the future. From the future, and all these parties come together eventually in a dig for it, but it turns out it's all been a con by Vash to try and get basically but, everyone off a scent. Yeah, she's already got it. And yeah, but she needs to make it look like it's not there to yeah. stop people going after it. And Picard winds up destroying it, going back to the yeah. Enterprise. So there's quite a lot going on in this episode, really. It's quite yeah. a... To say that for the majority of the episode, Picard's our only regular character that we get. Yeah, there's... But there's still a load of incident going on. Yeah, we, load have, of other yeah we don't really see much of... No, everybody sort of pops their head round the door at the start to say hello. and Yeah, then, and then a little bit for the last minute or two yeah. as well. But mainly it is Picard's episode, Patrick Stewart's episode. And it's different to what we've seen with Picard before. Like, we get a romance, which we've had these episodes before where... It's been teased yeah. of an interest of the Doctor. Yeah, and we've met these old girlfriends, but it's always been an old flame, flame and they're not rekindling it and it's yeah. all being dealt with in a very mature sort of way and whereas in this one you know Picard seduces or is seduced I've, by this yeah, one a bit of both a thing of going on and he definitely gets lucky yeah he does up. absolutely they have a fling and yeah. and it's quite good that it is presented as you know it's okay to have these casual relationships yeah. and you know, it's not a case of Picard's bedding someone, then moving on. They both know what the score yeah. is, and they're both perfectly happy, happy with, with that. It. Yeah, and, and <coughs> I think it's very enlightened way of being. Yeah, it is absolutely. I mean, you know, the arguably the setup of Ricer itself is a bit more problematic through modernised. You know, cause it, I'm not sure. I think I think the intent is that everyone who's there, whatever they're doing, is consensual. Yeah. And, you know, it's absolutely fine. But some things in, like, the way it's filmed, we get a big, long tracking shot of a, a lady sunbathing in a bikini that serves no purpose to the plot. <laughs> you know, so I think some of the 80s, early 90s yeah. elements of the way TV was done creep in, but... I'm, I'm absolutely. I give the writers the benefit of the doubt like, in this one. Yeah, I, I don't like, we do get another one. Like Vash is obviously his type. She's a redhead. Yeah, yeah. So we have no problem there. We have no evidence though that he's killed her husband previously. No, we don't. Or had a hand in it. No, so, we don't know that. Though... So we're not saying. So we have to say this is somebody totally random. 
which is a yeah. bit unusual because he normally likes redheads he but he's had a hand in killing husbands <laughs> he does usually like to <laughs> mind she does talk about this archaeologist that she worked with and yeah that Picard knew <laughs> and he's died hasn't he yeah so he's died maybe you could read something <laughs> in there you never know so Picard himself then we see initially maybe a bit more of a vulnerable side because he, he's very stressed and worn out he's stressed and, and worn out like I'm a bit annoyed about this in parts of this episode because Picard's quite wise on the universe around. Yeah, yeah. And Riker tells him to get... A Horgon. A Horgon. So he buys one and puts it down and he has no idea what a Horgon is. is. He's basically advertising that he wants to have sex. Well, he wants Jamaharun, which we assume is something sexual, but we're not quite... But we assume it's... I think it must be something really, really dirty. Yeah. But... You know, we'll leave it to people's imagination. Well, I'm, I'm assuming it's consensual sex. I'm sure it's consensual, but I'm assuming... I don't think it's just straightforward. Right. I think it's something really dirty that you can only yeah. do on rice. I think I, it's that you're just allowed to see people casually. That normal so. thing, normal rules don't apply in marriage yeah, and everything. Yeah, it's kind of... I'm open for business. Yes, yeah, but yeah. I'm quite shocked that Picard didn't know what this was. Yeah, considering he and, knows a lot about artefacts and... Yeah. But maybe this is just... It, it's not so... You know, it looks like a, an ancient wooden thing, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a tacky thing that they have on Ricer, and it's yeah. just he's not... He's not interested. But you'd think in the... Well, we do have another thing where the... I can't remember which episode where they talk about going to a bar, and Picard's fully oh, aware yeah. of the bar and yes, the cultures yeah, and these drinks. And, so he has obviously lived a bit in the past and all that. Yeah, he's been a man of the world, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah, I just think it's a bit strange that he didn't know what it was. You would think he'd have a bit of an idea. Yeah. And also, like, if I were doing my gift shopping for someone, I'd wait till end, I'd get him it on yeah. last day. I wouldn't... But anyway, it's quite a funny scene where he's yeah, got all these is. women approaching him and everything, and he hides it under the the uh, towel in embarrassment yeah. kind of thing. But, yeah, I think maybe he doth protest a bit too much. Who knows? Um, he's... Really resistant to taking the break at at first. And he does suggest, well, I'll go there and I'll do this. And it's all work-related stuff. And it's all... (laughs) And this fits in with what we know of Picard later down the line. Like, by the time we get to Insurrection, he's saved up, like, 400 days of holiday or whatever. Yeah. And Starfleet, obviously doesn't have a use it or lose it policy it's yeah, like you, just, you can keep a crew in it and a crew in it and a crew in and it and take a massive break yeah which is fine and which I suppose works if you've got people off on a five year mission yeah yeah like we've seen with in Star yeah. Trek like we see that the go for shore leave and things yeah but, but you've got you basically you've been on the job for five years yeah. non-stop yeah you probably want to take a couple yeah. of months when you get back or what have you yeah and then he's Interactions with the Ferengi, I think, are quite good. Because we know Picard's got a history with the Ferengi, with Damon Bock and everything yeah. like that. And he loses his rag quite quickly with him. And I, I like all of that. And I like... Was, like, this is quite nice because it's um, introduced the side of the Ferengi ready for DS9 that we haven't seen. Yeah. Which are non-military. We're, we're getting much more towards that now. Yeah, and like, 
<laughs> it's definitely not military. No, and you've even got this thing of, like, the Ferengi guy is saying, oh, well, you've obviously never dealt with us and you don't know what we're capable of. And Picard's like, no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this guy's obviously trying to big him up. Yeah. Big up the Ferengi and play off this reputation that they once had that we saw at season one and whatnot. Yeah. But Picard knows them too well and knows yeah. that they're not much of a threat. So... But we are seeing one who is just after profit, profit and... Like, we've already established that, but we're seeing them out of the military that... Yeah, yeah. Privately, the... Yeah, they're just profit-driven. Yeah. And he offers him a load of gold, doesn't he? Or he offers Vash a load of gold, which... I think at the time it was written, they're thinking, oh, gold will be money, blah, blah, blah. But we find out in a later DS9 episode that gold's worthless and it's... Yeah. You, you just use it to coat latinum. Yeah. So this Ferengi's really quite savvy because he's going, I'm going to offer you something that I know is worth something to you, but it's actually worth nothing, nothing. to me. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's, he's quite a savvy Ferengi, if you look at it that way. Then, going back to Picard then, he's really actively flirtatious with Vash as well. You know, he does pursue oh. her. Oh, yeah. It's him that initiates the kiss and everything. And no, she kisses him first oh, when he kiss- writes. She oh, kisses yes, him when sorry. they first get there. I meant she sticks the disc into his... She does, yeah. I, me- I meant the kiss in the cave later yeah. on. And it, it's a side of Picard we've not really seen. And maybe it's because he's off duty, you know, as the captain. He he's off duty and, he's, and he knows that <laughs> none of his crew are there to observe him. Yeah. So he can just let it go a little yeah. bit. And yeah, it's it's good to see that there is that side of him. And it's, you know, it's in stark contrast to, I think, his only other major romances, that episode where, with the stellar cartographer. Yeah. Um, which is all very chaste and they play flutes together. And yeah, and it, like, she breaks it off because he gets overprotective. Yeah, and, and all of this stuff, so... And she's the redhead. <laughs> yeah. And as a husband, I can't remember. But yes, we'll, I think she probably. Possibly. And then <laughs> Picard, at, ultimately at the end, he decides to destroy the Toxutat, which is a kind of an Indiana Jonesy thing to do, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. like we've got to do for the greater good. We can't let bad. But people then the aliens go, and it. this is what history recorded. You did, yeah. So the aliens are there really to try and. Just to observe that he, he destroys it. Do you think? I thought they were there to try and steal it. So they were trying to, you know, they were trying to break the history, but they failed. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a bit unsure what they're actually doing. If they're trying to steal it themselves, or if they're just observing just, what he yeah, does. Yeah, because they, they almost seem quite happy that he's yeah he's done it. You know, ah, that's what yeah. we expected, kind of thing. Like, Vash says that it was a male and a female. Yeah, that stole it in the future, but mm, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was. It's a bit. It is a bit ambiguous, and I'm. I'm not. But they sure. seem quite pleased that he destroys yeah, it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and the music sort of swells when they say yeah. it, as if it's a good thing. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we didn't need the aliens in this episode yeah. as well as the Ferengi. Yeah. I'm not. I suppose they're there. They give Picard a motivation to go they on give, it. So yeah, he they give he's Picard helping his, put things right. Yeah, sort they of give thing. It, and the sort of what the thing is that it is yeah. for the future. Because may, yeah, maybe it was in, the writers felt he needed that little bit more of a nudge to go on this adventure. I think he'd have probably just gone just to spend some time with Ash. Yeah, I think he likes Ash. but you know, 
Anyway, they're, they're inoffensive. They don't cause a, a huge problem with it. And then right at the end of the episode, when they say, did you have a good holiday or relaxing holiday, he seems very, very pleased with himself. He just goes, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot more of a playful side of Picard yeah. than we usually see. And certainly more so than in the episodes that we've looked at. Like, there are... Yeah, well, we have looked. We have looked at some pretty heavy ones, like we have. We? Yeah, and we've you looked know. at him being turned into the six million dollar man and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So we're not. We're, Which is quite interesting when you think we looked at him being turned into the six million dollar man, mm. and straight after we looked at um, seven of nine being turned out of being a six million dollar yeah, woman. Very true. Yeah, it's almost like we've planned this. Which <laughs> we haven't that well, but yeah, it's. I like this side of Picard. This sort of playful yeah. side of him more adventurous side of him and and it is good that he's got the more de- more to him yeah, than just yeah. being and i don't think it's out of character you know it's not like suddenly he's being thrust into a different situation no they do it really well it works with his character it's, it's believable that he's acting like this so yeah i'm happy with that one um the broader universe stuff then Risa seems to be pretty much a pleasure planet. You know? Yeah, I think that's I think that's been quite that, well established. Risa is a pleasure planet. We, we've sort of seen things like that in TOS, like a little mm. bit. Like there's wherever Pike is in the flashbacks in the cage, like whether the Orion slave girls are dancing and yeah, and the, we've also got the one where um, where they have the right, white web rabbit. Um, Oh, surely, surely, yeah. So this seems to be a thing. I wanted to talk about the Toxu Tat as well. This is just so I used to play the Star Trek customizable card game, and the Toxu Tat card was one of the rarest cards because I think the the setup of the game was you you put a load of planets out and you had to go do missions on each planet, and you had your bases on each planet. But the Toxu Tat card, um. If you played it, I think you had to have another card which is called Supernova, and you could just blow up one of the planets, so you could blow up your opponent's base and right. stuff. So it was one of the really rare cards, and I think I think I had the Toxu Tat card, but I never got the Supernova card, so I couldn't really do the the combination you were meant to do. But um, I know, like, um, it was a big thing at the time. The CCGs it came out around about the same time as uh, Magic: The Gathering. Um, but I know there's like a, a continuing committee thing where they still make new cards for yeah. it and print them off and still have world championships and uh, is that the one Neil that's the one Neil I think he, he usually wins it as well he I, does very well in it I don't think he did he won this year but I, I know he has done in past years yeah um, so also like it ties into Picard's love of archaeology and of history like when Vash mentions the top suit tat. You go, oh, of course, I've heard of it. Yeah, he, he gives a history of it, and which is another one. <coughs> why doesn't he know what the hoax? Yeah, true. And he knows of this professor. He knows of yeah. everything like that. And we also see if the aliens are to be believed, they're from the twenty seventh century. So we're seeing quite a yeah, we're seeing into the future. I mean, we're going to go beyond that now with Discovery, but this is one of the furthest points, yeah. certainly at this stage, that's been mentioned. Yeah, where does the timeship relativity come from in Voyager? Is that 29th century, is, is that- maybe? So, yeah. I think he's... 
I think technically up until now is the bit where Archer's on the Enterprise J. Is that the furthest we've ever been forward? I'm not sure, actually. I, I'm not off the top of my head. I'm not sure because of relativity. Yeah. If that's... But I'm sure we'll find out more with Discovery going yeah. that bit further and everything. Um, other highlights on this one, then. I really like the bit where Picard just wants to read his book and all these women are coming out and <laughs> eventually Vash comes up and she puts her hand out and he just goes, John, look, Picard. And he just wants to, he picks his book straight back up and everything. And um, I like the idea of the Vorgons. Picard says at the end, well, they might try again and we might just be caught in a loop yeah. over and over. And I heard that they originally planned to have the episode end with a repeat of that opening scene of them coming back to right. imply that they are going that to keep also. doing it. Uh, but they thought it might be too confusing for the audience, so they dropped it. Uh, which I don't think it was needed, you know. I don't mind them dropping it. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting. It is interesting and idea, and Patrick Stewart would have probably liked it if he'd have got to do this one yeah. over and over again, and he got all his his but section shooting. Surely in. would have had the. Uh, oh, who was it on DS9? The Bureau of Temporal Anomalies. Oh yeah, yeah, they'd have investigated. Yeah, it. yeah. Picard wouldn't have got in as much trouble as well. Certainly not as much trouble as Kirk. Anyway. <laughs> And possibly not as much as Cisco when they realised how many Tribbles yeah. they had. <laughs> yeah, the Tribbles. And now we know that the Tribbles were the Federation's fault, that well, we genetically... Shall we not spoil that? Because a lot oh, of yeah, people sorry. haven't seen the short treks yet. Okay, we won't like, get... If you have got the... not going to talk about them, but if you've got the ability to watch the short treks... Yep, go for it. They yeah. are now available. The first two episodes are already out. Yep. Um, we have um, well by the time the, our episode this episode goes out there'll be three out be three out yeah so we have um, the Q&A was the first one then we have uh, the Trouble with Edwards Trouble with Edwards which is the Tribble one and um, then we've got another one uh, as we're recording is that it's released tomorrow yeah we know that it's a Pike, Pike. Ep- episode so yeah they are well worth checking out so I'm sure everyone who's got CBS All Access will have done already <coughs> yeah. and hopefully in the UK we'll get them in some way shape or form whether it's Netflix or whether they end up being split between Netflix and Amazon or yes. whatever's going to happen with it but we'll find out um, yes yeah, so that's, that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover on this one have you got anything no, else I on think it? we're quite well covered so we had two really good fun next gen stories yeah, there. Yeah, they were both good, good fun. Um, we'll be back next time. We're sticking with next generation. We're going to look at a couple more Picard episodes there. Um, if you do want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Retrek Pod. We're also on Facebook. If you look for us, put Retrek in your search engine on Facebook. You'll find us. And also, if you want to email us, it's retrekpod at gmail.com. If you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it, please leave us um, a rating on iTunes, Apple Music, whatever they call it these days, or Spotify, whichever podcatcher you choose to use. If you'd, you could take a few minutes to leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us move up the charts a bit and the algorithms and everything that they use, which I don't understand, but... It'd be nice. So, yeah. thank you for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the retrek. Thank you. Bye bye.